Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Open Podcast with Keith and Michaela. <laughs> Here we are in Boulder, Colorado, sitting in the same room. And it's been about, it's been a week or so since you've landed here, Michaela. Keith has survived successfully a week of living with me. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's been going, going pretty well. You can put that on your resume. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. And so how's, how's the adjustment going for you moving from tropical Puerto Rico back into Boulder? And we've already had two snowstorms since you've been here. Really? Well, was yesterday one and a half. One and a half. Yeah, like um, <laughs> like it was like sitting with sugar yeah. on a on a uh, what are they called? What are they called? Not graham crackers. The little S'mores. men. The little men. Oh, gingerbread. <laughs> gingerbread men. The gingerbread house. Um, there was like little white powdered sugar on the gingerbread house. So we have had a snowstorm as soon as we arrived. The day we arrived, there was a snowstorm. And yeah, it's been been an interesting adjustment. I hate the heat. I feel miserable in the heat. I feel sad and pissed off at how many people in Boulder, every time I'm like, yeah, I just moved back here. They're like, oh, sucks you moved back here for winter, eh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Snowstorm's coming. Oh, sorry about that. I'm like, what? geez, what's mm-hmm. that ass about mm-hmm. fucking cold weather? Like, I love the cold weather. I think it's a necessary part of our universe. And like seasons as cyclical beings, I think like externally represent some of our own internal processes. And I, my argument would be people who live in seasonal areas are happier. Not that we're orienting towards happiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, one thing that you and I have been talking about for a long time, as you've, as we've been moving towards the, this, this time of you coming to Boulder is like, what kind of community do we want to create? Um, through our through our events, through our friendships, through our um, authentic relating D group circling world, and I'm wondering, especially for you, like, what is it like to come back to Colorado? I think you were gone. You lived here for two years, and you were gone for about two years. Yeah, I think yeah. I was gone for like two and a half, three years. Yeah, it'll be three in February. So yeah. Um. Yeah, what's it like to be back here in Boulder? Yeah, I guess my question is because I've also transitioned in and out a number of times, and there's like a sometimes like there's like a freeze frame when you leave, right? And then the community kind of goes on, and people come and go, and without change. You, can you believe that? Without you, exactly. And then you come back, and you're you, and and things around have shifted. So I'm just wondering what you've noticed in your in your time already. Yeah, some things I've I've noticed are definitely that I have a story that I have a story about Boulder and what Boulder is, how it works, who people are, all these different Mm -hmm. things. And now coming back years later and actually arriving more in the community, it it feels different than how I left it essentially. And like, of course that were to be true, but to my brain, like object permanence, you know, I'm like, what? Everything's Mm -hmm. changed. And there's also an aspect like throughout these past three years, I visited Boulder quite a bunch to come and do work here, to come run workshops with you, et cetera. And every time I've come back, it felt similar to how I left it. But now having moved back energetically, things are different. And so coming coming back when I was doing like work trips and things like that with you, there was this element of me being in really high demand Mm -hmm. because I was here staying for a week or staying for two weeks or something and people didn't have access to me. 
now that I've moved back, like no one's interested in hanging out with me. People are like, oh, I can see whenever, you know, like I'm I'm leaving for a month. See you later. Maybe we can get together then. And it's interesting, this like scarcity piece around our culture that when people or things are in scarcity, we want it and we want it now. And that's just how it works, how marketing works is how capitalism works. And I don't love that we're like that, but I also, that's like how our psychology works. So in general, writing back to the community, like I was shocked to go to T group, one of our community practices Mm -hmm. and see only like three people I knew. Mm -hmm. I was like, who are all these people? Who are all these strangers? And even six months ago, it was not as, um, there weren't as many new people as there are now. So I'm not sure if it's Naropa being back in school or, or what's going on, but the community's ever changing. And yeah, there's a lot of things that I, I notice about like distortion and authentic relating community and Tigre community, et cetera, that I'll talk more about in this podcast. But yeah. yeah, I'm curious, like you lived in Boulder for a while, you were nomadic for a while, you would come and go. Did you also have the same experience of like feeling like everything was different when you got back each time? Yes, yes and no. There were elements of um, I, first, I, I can say I really resonate with that, like the scarcity thing. So like when I would zoom in for like a week or two and then my closest friends would feel like special when I would reach out to them. And like I had my A list of like, OK, I've got a week or 10 days between Thailand and Mexico or wherever I was going. It's like, yes, I'm going to see this person, this person, you know, um, attend a, a unique uh, event or something like that. And then, you know, I think it was 2019. So now it's been a little while for me when I've more formally moved back and that was that was I think I was in a similar position as you are now which was like watching the old habits that I had of how I socialized and what I did and how I spent my time and like it was like a square and a circle not like fitting together you know square peg and round circle or whatever it's like wasn't quite fitting and so I did have to and I was wanting to say like reinvent myself that's not quite the word but it's more like like recreate my like sticky tape to the community that I was in. And and part of that was too, like my earlier time in Boulder, I was, a lot of that was in my twenties, uh, more of my socializing was around alcohol and outdoor activities. And um, while outdoor stuff still plays a role in my life, it's like not as important as it was. Um, and so, so yeah, so there's always, there's been a balance of, and it's, it's, I've watched a few of my like older friendships kind of fade away. A few have actually gotten stronger, you know, where I've shifted and maybe evolved in some more directions as some of my older friendships. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think, I think in some ways I'm also still just in a creation process. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I, I will say one of the things we hear so much, or at least I hear is like, um, I want more community. I want community to be like this. And, it's that old thing of like women saying like, where are all the men? And it's like turning that around and saying, how am I going to create the men? How am I going to create the community? So yeah. I'm actually really excited that that you're here, that we're living together because um, in, a, in a space where we can host community events and things like this, because um, I th- I, my story is that you would agree that the existing community isn't exactly, isn't there's fulfilling aspects of it but it can be it can be more can be better um 
Yeah, what I have to say to that, number one, I want to dog ear another podcast yeah. to do on um I'm trying to get too comfortable, man. <laughs> another uh, it keeps trying to lay down or the podcast. Um <laughs> another another podcast I'd like to do is maintaining and sustaining friendship while on a personal growth path. Because yeah. I think it's something you and I have bonded over a lot, but it's something that is so fucking difficult and a lot of people who are on an awakening path have a lot of shame about like oh is something wrong with me that i'm not able to maintain relationships or that i'm not friends with the same people i was friends with in high school does that say something about my attachment system does it say something about my relationship to intimacy or connection or commitment yes absolutely Mm -hmm. and also this is like totally a symptom of the path in my opinion that you are drawn to new people as you evolve and grow more and more and who resonated with you previously doesn't necessarily resonate with you anymore Right. And I would even expand that topic to include partnership too, right? Because look, this is a challenge, a lot of intimate relationships where even if two people are in a growth path, they might be growing, say, in different directions. Totally. And yeah. and it's up to you at that time to choose whether you want to just acknowledge that and still stay together. You know, just because you're growing in two separate ways doesn't mean you have to get a divorce, doesn't mean you have to separate. It does mean you probably have to reinvent your relationship, mm-hmm. create some new agreements, or maybe like, you know, change the foundation of you guys to be able to like better support the new you that's coming up and stuff. But what I would say is in relationship to the Boulder community. Yeah. I don't love it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of distortion around like emotions and hyper feminine energy while not a lot of taking responsibility for yourself. And what that looks like is doing practices like T group circling, et cetera. And the biggest distortion I've experienced when interacting with people is you, Keith, made me feel something. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I'm entitled to your time mm-hmm. for you to sit down and process with me about it yeah. because you had impact. And if you don't, I'm not only not going to regulate it on my own and clear my own shit out and clear my own projections of you and still relate yeah. to you like a normal person, I'm not going to have beef with you because you weren't open to having a clearing with me. Right. And this is something both Keith and I have both experienced um getting bigger and growing our company and putting our face out there more and more is that the bigger you grow the more impact you have and the more people have fucking feelings about you and the more people want to sit down and have a clearing and to me like I've literally considered crafting an excel spreadsheet Mm -hmm. to tier all of my friends and be like hey if you're wondering why I'm not responding to your calls it's because you sit in this tier and this tier, what this tier will get you is this kind of interaction from me. And I know this is like hyper fucking autistic and like something that someone, you know, emotionless potentially would do. And for me, it's like really clear about expectations. So for example, I've had people tell me before, you're not a good friend. And I'm like, okay, yeah. tell me more about that. Why? And they're like, well, you don't call me on my birthday mm-hmm. and you didn't make a Facebook post about me on my birthday. And I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Friendship to me Mm -hmm. is the person I call when my mom dies, is the person I call when my dog got hit by a car, is the person that when I get a flat tire on the side of the road in a snowstorm that I ask them to leave the middle of their work day or, you know, leave a fucking wedding they're at to come (laughs) me up. You know, like to me, friendship is about sacrifice and level of devotion, but it's not about frequency of connection. And that's something I experience with a lot of people is that they have meaning. And they don't take the ownership that they have meaning about something and that their relationship to you is based on their own meaning and their own implicit expectations that shouldn't, that haven't been communicated. 
like, Hey, I expect you to text me back when yeah. I text you. And I'm like, Nope. Yeah. Hard, hard boundary. Do yeah. not expect to text back when you text me. Sorry. Yeah. And, and, and you know, and as I was visiting in Puerto Rico a couple of weeks ago, this was a topic of conversation one night of how, yeah, you were you were considering getting like a new phone number or like how to I was having how, a breakdown. How, yeah, how to manage modern technology such that you could have a tiered system because what happens is you know you are very somewhat very public facing and you lead women's groups and 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 various communities and you're in shared WhatsApp groups and messenger threads and all these things. And so people often write you and they say, like, wow, whatever they say, it could be a million different things. And then what you were sharing, what I remember is like, and then they reply in 48 hours, be like, how could you not have yeah. at least acknowledged my message? Yeah. Right. When you gave no consent to the relationship, to the contact. Um, I didn't even know yeah. them. Or they met me yeah. once at an event. Yeah. You know, and, and like you said, being a community leader, number one, I run a lot of different groups and people feel close to me. Yeah. When I facilitate an event that creates yeah. intimate connections for them, they have a connection to yeah. me. To me, they could potentially just be just another person in Michaela's play that I'm living in and existing in and perceiving. And they perceive intimacy and closeness that is there for them that isn't there for me. And it doesn't mean I don't appreciate them as a human, but no, I'm not going to answer their their text within 24 hours. No, I might not pick up a call from them. And so, especially with group chats nowadays. So we have WhatsApp, we have Telegram, we have Signal, we have Slack, we have IRL. We have messenger, messenger. We have SMS. Don't forget about SMS, Instagram DMS. Mm-hmm. Like what else is there? I don't know. TikTok. Can you message on TikTok? I don't know. So holy yeah. shit. Oh, and email. Yeah. And then in person. Mm-hmm. Like that's too much, man. And I see posts all the time. People saying, hey, does anyone have any tips for consolidating messages? So number one, I don't know why this hasn't happened, but someone building a, pl- a platform that like buys all the platform and merges them together. Maybe Elon will do it sometime soon. <laughs> but, you know, I get that yeah. they're on their own separate companies and stuff. And people use Telegram for different things and they use Signal and they yeah. use a different thing for te- WhatsApp. And for myself, like, it's just fucking overwhelming. I want to get a fucking, I want to, I want to throw my cell phone out the window and get a home phone. Yeah. And say, so just leave me a voicemail on the home phone. How do you, like, how do you, I think you get a lot more of that than I do. I think it's something about being a, a woman and having like, like. Yeah, I don't know why like, I get more than you. I, I was going to say you're more approachable, but I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true at all. But there's just something, I think, especially a lot of women to women contact, or, you know, there's a few examples very recently that we can, sh- that I think we'll share confident, like without the names, mm-hmm. but that have happened for you. Um is like, and I imagine there's like an energy in the system when you see like all these kind of like unread messages and you know, that's a little bit of like an energy from yep. someone yep. waiting, waiting, wanting. And oh, um, it's the, worst, yeah. the next time I see them in person, they're like, Hey, uh, you ever get my text? Like, <laughs> and I'm like, Jesus, like aggressive, you know? And for me, it's not like I'm reading text, not replying. I'm getting, you know, I get at least 25 texts a day on WhatsApp alone. Not to mention voice messages, okay. but that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah, Unconsensual yeah. voice messages. You need someone's consent, FYI, fuckers. Yeah. It's not a voice message. There is voice message etiquette, people. That's another thing is yeah. we just don't have social media etiquette with each other of like what's expected, mm-hmm. how to act. Um, yeah, I'm just like, you know, someone went, I used to send a lot of voice messages. I used to have a girlfriend who yeah. would send me like 25 minute long voice messages multiple times mm-hmm. a day. But I had a roommate when we moved into Skyway and he was like, 
I sent him a voice message and he just wrote back, don't send me voice messages. Voice messages are shifting the burden on someone else. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, so offended. I was like, <gasps> what? Yeah. I'm shifting the burden. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, wait, why am I voice messaging him? Oh, I don't feel like texting. Yeah. So I'm now going to ask him to spend his time stopping what he's doing yeah. to listen to this thing at the time we did not have fast forward on the voice messages. Now you can do speed, right. which helps. thank you. WhatsApp helps. helps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For people go, um, Hey key. Yeah. So, Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'll get a, a yellow sub with a, with <laughs> a slab of ham. Sorry. Keith, hang on. I, I'm like, what? <laughs> so I think there's a whole like revamp of social media. I don't think we'll last much longer. There needs to be something fixed. This is definitely a trillion dollar problem. Yeah. I don't know how people who are famous deal with this, but yeah, I think it also has to do with like me being really clear with people. Um, around you know having expectations and stuff but like i just met someone at tea group the other day yeah, met him so in a tea group yeah. literally spent 45 minutes with him and he somehow gets my phone number a couple days later texts me like yo what's up hey hey girl hey and i'm like hey what's up you know i text back and then he texts me about something and 24 hours go by it's mm-hmm. shabbat that i'm observing so i don't i'm not even on my phone yeah. and the next time i open my phone he's like are you doing some kind of power play with me because you're an Enneagram eight and like, this really hurts my feelings. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding. Like, like I am all for people's emotions, but fucking hold your own goddamn emotions. Like Jesus Christ, it hurt your feelings. Mm -hmm. Think I'm doing a power play. (laughs) You know, like this podcast, if you've ever experienced something like this, we want to hear your comments. If you're, if you too are suffering with Instagram, social media overwhelm. So, yeah, and I want like I want to turn turn this a little bit. It's like obviously like social media is a exacerbator of the problem, um, but like more fundamentally, it's about a certain entitlement energy, as you as you talked about earlier. Um, and maybe we we'll use the 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 example of of someone else in the community who's approached you about things. Um, but this this idea of if I impact impact you and impact you know most of you who are listening will understand what that is. But authentic relating, it's like because of how I like how I show up in a room or something I said or whatever I had some created some emotional experience for you so it's like I created impact if I started yelling right now and you know contracted a little bit or like, our roommates had, didn't like you were or, or something yeah like that. happened yesterday um I uh I was rear-ended and just needed to like move like move a bunch of energy mm-hmm. which I don't do a lot and I just came out Never. and like pounded and shook and hit the floor it was like a couple of minute process and um um it had an impact it had had an impact it had an impact and uh one of the things i i often say is like you can go through the world just trying not to have impact playing playing small or people pleasing and like just yeah constantly tracking and and then you just it's like being a mouse in the world or you can um you know accept that you you do have impact and um you can check and you know check in on it with people you care about obviously where you have consensual like you and i if we impact each other and we were aware of it it's like we will check with it we have a context in our relationship where we can talk about it but in a wider community or uh let's say you're impacted by listening to this podcast right we don't have a responsibility to that person necessarily um and so i know this this comes up i think for you a fair amount and, and did recently and kind of inspired this podcast with someone bless i would love to give you yeah exactly i'm like we're trying 
<laughs> you want to talk about what I experienced recently? What, yeah, let's talk about what you experienced oh, recently yeah. and kind of initiated this whole conversation around just someone feeling the, and explain what a word explain what clearing is too, because I think not Clear, everyone okay, cool. will know what that is. It's kind of a buzzword in our community. Okay. So we live in Boulder, Colorado. We're a part of a number of different communities here and like little inner circles in Boulder. And these circles and communities are based <laughs> these circles and communities. Sorry, Keith is gagging himself on his fingers right now. Oh, yeah. I'm going to fucking turn you in. Uh, so we're a part of these communities that are oriented primarily around doing practices together. So that could be circling, T-group, authentic relating, et cetera. And with those practices can be like expectations. There's like telegram threads you can be a part of. And also when you're doing the practices, you kind of expect people to behave the way in the way of the practice all the time with you. So... In relationship to what a clearing is, clearing, I would say, is kind of like an authentic relatey term, not necessarily a practice from it, but it's just associated with it. And a clearing is like, hey, I have something in my space up for me, in my body. I'm feeling sensations or emotions towards you, and I want to express them to you. And I, my intention is, is deeper connection. So that's what a clearing is. So number one, you don't get to just have clearings. You're not entitled to clearings. People aren't like obligated to listen to your bullshit. You know, every time you have an emotion, it's your bullshit. It doesn't matter if it's an emotion that's completely valid and based in something totally true. It's still your bullshit. And to expect other people to just hold your bullshit, like that's what a therapist is for. That's what practitioners are for. Community members are not there to fucking stroke you off and your ego and just like make you fucking feel better or hold you like a little baby. And yeah, potentially that could be a desire that you have in friendship. But that isn't necessarily something that is even required in friendship, right? I have plenty of friends that I'm not really interested in, like, really spending a lot of time emotionally processing with them. We have a different relationship. And, you know, recently in the community, there was someone that I'm, I wouldn't call acquaintances closer, closer than acquaintances, but friends with. And, like, we haven't engaged in months. And I, you know didn't text them back or something and now they want to get together and have a clearing and it's just mm -hmm. like no mm -hmm. and it, and if you need to have a clearing about how to text you back i probably don't want to have you in my life this is probably someone who has a really difficult time being in their core and regulating and you know i can still have love for them but do i want them as one of my close friends or family members no and you know one of the most attractive things that a human can do to michaela is to fucking hold their own emotions. Yeah. And look, I don't do it all the time either. You can ask my partner. But to be able to go to someone, the difference in saying, hey, Keith, I noticed we had an interaction a couple mm. minutes ago and it had a lot of impact on me. Are you open mm. to me sharing what was coming up for me? Right. I noticed in my system hearing that. I'm like, like, of course, like, yeah, please. Versus like, hey, Keith, so uh, what's up? Your phone broke? Huh? Yeah. You, I'm going to text back for yeah. you. Haha. Yeah. -ha. yeah, I'm literally walking out the door. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And so just the difference in authenticity and in transparency and also in like asking consent. You know, I think people kind of go too far sometimes with asking consent. But look, like I'm never gonna yeah. be mad when someone's asking consent for something. So like you don't just get to dump on people what you're mad at them about. Like that doesn't work. And you know, you get to fucking ask them if they mm -hmm. consent, ask them if they're up for hearing impact. You have no idea what's going on in their life. You have no idea what they're going through. And to just go up to someone like, I got a text message from someone recently who was like, you know, 
you're full of shit. You don't actually fucking care about me. We're not actually friends. You don't actually love me. Da, da, da. Because I didn't text them back when they texted me. Hey, yeah. what? <laughs> what world do we live in? Like, I'm not okay with this. And I want everybody to know about it. And I want everybody to hold each other accountable of it. Because it's like, you know, you could, if someone's not texting you back, like, number one, don't fucking take it personally. Stop making shit about you. And another piece is just like, you know, when you see them in person, like be like, hey, dude, what's up? And I noticed feeling a bit shy around you because you haven't texted me back yet. And I make that mean you don't like me anymore. I'm like, look, if I don't like yeah. you, you'll know. And it's not from me not texting yeah. you back. Um, yeah. You know, and I feel, I feel. Right, right. You're, you're, getting, you're getting fired up. We both you know now we're getting into the territory of just you know, taking so, taking projections and uh, being the target of likes and dislikes within community without any even sometimes without any actual interaction of our own um and and trying to and trying to manage this and noticing like the my habit has been to like just kind of slink away and like avoid it and and um um not put myself in situations where i'm going to be get uh, loads of projections on me it's not and, yeah it's a little right, bit of like right. the masochist it's a masochist distortion, distortion. Yeah. and i'm like and i'm done i'm done with that I am done with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and there's part of, and as you were talking, what I was thinking about was this idea of like who, who in our lives we have context to do clearings with and things like that. And like in my world, it's probably a small circle, you know, mm-hmm. it's order of like definitely less than 20 people, maybe less than 10 um, where I feel like there's an ongoing thing of like, Hey, we're close. We see each other a lot. I'm available for these kinds of conversations. Um, and that comes and goes depending on where I'm spending my time. Um, but it, I'm with uh, another recent situation we had actually in our business where we were dealing with a little bit of, um, I guess I would call it like some copy copyright things and and some issues with um, uh, someone so, copying our name. Yeah, someone copying our name uh, inside our community, and we basically said, "Please change the name." They said no, and then they asked us if we could have a clearing, and we and we both talked about it, and we basically said we're not available for a clearing. We made a request. You said you're not available for it. So that's where we're leaving it. Right. So it's like there's even turning a business transaction into like an emotional clearing. Um, there's, it's just like, a, like, oh, no. And also, it's just like, you know, a little, it just feels like a little manipulative of like, let's just connect from our hearts. I'm like, yeah. dude, you took our business name, yeah. change it. We've had it longer. You're part of the community. You only know of the name from being exposed to our community yeah. where you see it posted frequently. And like, no, we're not going to spend our time clearing shit with you. And it's not like change the name or we're not friends. You know, it's not someone we're necessarily close yeah. with. It's just like there is community yeah. etiquette of how you need to behave yeah. in community um, to basically maintain positive status, to, to, to be seen as someone who's in high integrity, who cares about impact, who's willing to like, you know, make amends and stuff. So there's this this other piece around that I've had, you know. So for those of you who don't know, I just got back from Puerto Rico. I've been living there for three years. I just moved back to Boulder. I was running a conscious community house there in old San Juan called Skyway. And we probably had hundreds of people at this point move in and out of Skyway. And 
people would be living there for like legit three days. I don't know them. Someone else invited them. I'm in the kitchen and I'm like, you know, hey, you know, what's up? I'm not really engaging with them because I have like, it's a 12 bedroom house. I have like three of my best friends there. I don't want to engage with all the new people all the time. They're going to be gone in a week. And then I received like Slack messages like, hey, Michaela, having a lot of impact and are you up for clearing? And I'm like, look, people can ask. I celebrate people always asking for what they want, but expecting me to do something because I live here in the house and because I started the house or because I run the house, like, no, I'm not available for it. If I did a clearing with everyone who wanted to do a clearing with me, it would be a full-time job. And so the issue with clearing is like a clearing is for you. That's the number one thing to clear on. A clearing is for you. A clearing is you asking someone else to be willing to engage with your neurosis. That's what a clearing is. <laughs> and so you need to be clear about that when you're asking someone for a clearing of like, hey, I have something coming up in me and I want to be fully re- revealed in hopes that you might see me more deeply and that I might heal what's coming up. Not because you're going to do anything, but because I just get to get it out and say like, hey, I have this story that you like to fuck a lot of women and that you're lying to your girlfriend and that you just manipulate the whole community and I'm sharing it not because I want the other person to defend themselves or because I want to hear their side of the story I'm sharing it because I want to get it off my chest and like the only thing that I should even close to expect is them being like cool thanks for sharing man really sorry you're struggling with that right this is it's it's this fundamental thing around ownership that comes up in a lot of our a lot of our talks which is like are you deeply owning what is happening for you mm-hmm. and like that and in that it's like yes i want to express this and but there's just a natural kind of human tendency unless you really work with these these tools and and your own responsibility for your own life to put it on the other person you know and it's actually it's like a i teach this you know it's like it's a it's actually deeply disempowering when you go through life um giving other people the power for your feelings and their responsibility for your feelings side note we ran into someone a friend of ours last night who was sharing having some issues with guys in her life um that she was dating like not wanting to go to the next step with her because they're like i'm scared to hurt you which i've had men tell me before and i'm like honey yeah you're cute so i'm curious what you have to say on that too around like the other side of it of someone you translated Mm -hmm. men saying I don't want to hurt you to something else yesterday. Right. We, I think we both did our own translation, which of course is unique in every situation. But like when that, that, that has come at me a number of times too, of, of women. Yeah. Women saying that to me too. Like, I, I don't want to hurt you. And, and it's like, I know it's like just saying those words. I'm like, eh, like I make a gagging <laughs> sound. Cause it's like, I'm an adult. I can make my own decisions. I'm responsible for my feelings. Let me decide what's going to hurt me. You can ask me questions, you know, or what I would really love for that person to share is, um, you know, whatever is alive for them, which might be, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really scared to go uh, to commit more to this relationship. Um, I've been hurt in the past and I'm afraid that, um, if we spend a lot of time together, maybe you will abandon me or leave me for somebody else. Like, then yeah. I'm like, wow, like, thank you. Yeah. I, and it may or may not be true for someone versus like, I don't want to hurt you. So I'm going to take a kind of lofty detached position. Totally. And I, you know, I've had people say it to me before where, you know, like, it's just gross. Number one, if you don't say it. (laughs) Number two, I know some of you listening might be like, oh, but not everyone knows how to communicate like that. Cool. Take a course. They're available. (laughs) Like everywhere, you know, go online. 
take a communication course about owning your own story and things yeah. like that. But you know, it's like, like Keith said, it's, it's as simple as what's, what's the deeper thing mm-hmm. when you're saying I'm scared to hurt you. When you're saying I'm frustrated, you're not texting me back. What's the thing beneath that? That's like way more vulnerable to share. Often it's, Hey, I notice I feel really attracted to you. Mm-hmm. And I, I have this draw to go deeper. And also there's this tension in my stomach of like fucking up so badly because I only ever fuck up relationships and then people leave me forever. And then I fucking lose them because my own fucked up shit. So I'm terrified of that happening. That's what's going on for me. So different than I'm scared to hurt you. How about I'm scared to fuck up? How about I'm scared I'm going to do things wrong because I don't feel good enough inside. It's typically what it's more about. Yeah. And as I, as I hear that, I'm, I'm, Again, coming back to this question around like the community we kind of want to create. And I'm like imagining it's one of the things you have shared about being back in Boulder. It's like, wow, I can talk to a lot of people like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the, the aliveness that comes when you're in a room of six, 10, 20 people that generally are doing this. And I are taking ownership. Taking ownership. Yeah, it's and hot. It's hot. It's it's alive. It's present moment. And and I think I just want to also just be like you're saying, take a course. It is true. Like five years ago, eight years ago, like I didn't know how to do this myself. And, uh, but it wasn't a huge lofty bar. It's not like becoming a lawyer or a doctor or something, right? Like you can literally take a beginner authentic relating course, um, you know, find a few local events and things like this and just get in the habit of it. And I, and it's just such a, it's such a freer way to be just for yourself. Like, I, I think there's a little bit of energy of us being like, we want people to be different, but I'm like, I want it. I want it for people themselves. Cause when you speak, you speak that way, other people respond to you better. Um, there's like a sense of like, when I actually get to reveal what I'm really feeling, I just, I feel seen and met often in, in my communities in a way I never did. Um, and so I, my stories were, were speaking about this a little bit angrily. Cause it's like, it's almost like an activist energy. It's like, Hey, let's just change the system. We want, everyone to be communicating oh, like this pissed off. yeah and i'm angry yeah at, and at these people who have any kind of education around yeah. authentic yeah. relating and feel entitled to right. it's just emotional entitlement and, and not asking like yeah. hey man i noticed some things coming yeah. up for me in relationship you're not texting back yeah. are you open to hearing yeah. what those things are right. because they're going to be neurotic yeah. as fuck yeah. and basic consent totally um, and because you know on on the thread of like the activation mm-hmm. around it i'm like I'm angry because I bet you have a story that no one wants to connect with you. And you do not realize that it's not that, that people don't want to connect with you or be close with you because of how you communicate. And it's frustrating to me because people often have a victim story. There's no community around. No one wants to be close friends with me. I'm like, cool. When you start to get close to people, how do you act? How are you showing up? Are you like blaming them for every feeling you have? Are you feeling anxious? Are you revealing that? Are you being graspy? Are you being entitled? You know, like those things, you know, co-create your story and reality over and over and over. Are you, are you open to sharing the story about your relationship with your mom? Yeah. Um, which one? The specifically, I remember you telling me something recently that you were like, look, mom, if I, if I want, if you want to be in a relationship with me, I need oh, yeah, to, like a long time ago. Yeah, I need yeah. you to communicate with me. Yeah. But then even um I think your mom would probably be fine with this of like her journey recently through authentic relating and then now struggling to like 
really noticing where people don't show up for her in her relationships. So I have a mom, (laughs) a lot of you know her, and she's great. And I went to school to be a therapist at Lesley University in Boston. And I've always been like pre-spiritual and self-aware. And when I went to therapy school, I learned some of the basics of how to communicate, like using I statements instead (laughs) of you. But people can still say, I feel like you're being a dick. Right. And, you know, it's a little like less owned. So when I started to, you know, go through school for this, I, I developed my communication even further and I would try to engage with my mom who I was close with and she would get really triggered. And when she would get really triggered, she would feel like talking to me was like being in therapy. And she's like, you're trying to therapize me all the time, da, da, da. And like, sure, I bet there was an element of that, absolutely. And there was an element of like, for our mainstream society, communicating in a healthy way can be triggering. Like communicating in a healthy way can be, bring up stuff around like, well, you're not supposed to air your dirty laundry is Mm -hmm. one thing I hear. Or, you know, like, I don't know, like people, people just get, seem to get triggered because when people are talking in an intimate way they think there's no fucking way I could ever share what that person just shared and that's scary to me and they don't even have the skill sets to say I feel scared listening to you talk I feel terrified to share something at the level of vulnerability that you just shared so my mom and I would have a lot of like um, conflicts that would like rear to a head and we would have some super huge breakthrough conversation where like I would cry, she would cry and I would finally feel like she was getting what I was mm-hmm. saying. And, you know, at a certain point when I was doing all these practices, when I was doing a lot of plant medicine, I told both my parents, Hey, if you want to have a relationship with me, I need you to communicate in a certain way. And if you don't, I'm not available for a relationship. Some people would call that an ultimatum for me. It was a boundary. Yeah. Like I'm not interested in having people in my life who do not have healthy communication skills. And here are three courses you can choose from to learn how to talk. And arguably it was coming from a selfish place. I wanted to have them speak my language. I also want more people in the world to communicate in a healthy way instead of a triggered, disowned, dysregulated, blame, you know, all those different ways. And like, that's most of our society. You know, I watched a TV show with Dan recently about, um, it's called Secession or something. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Right. It's like the, so uh, how, how not to relate to family members. It's yeah. painful. <laughs> and so, you know, my mom has jumped off the cliff and after many years of relating with me and learning a lot from, from me and from Keith and from other teachers and went and did her own authentic relating course. And this was a few years ago, actually. And then she recently did an authentic relating course with Keith. And, you know, then she calls me up and I'm sharing something about having a a heart issue or something. And she's like, may I share impact? And I was like, oh my God. Like my whole body is like, oh my God. Yes, mom. Yes, you can share it back. And she's like, this is what it's like for me to hear you talk. And this is what it's like for me hearing you share this right now. This is what's coming up for me. And I was like, oh my God, I just feel in love with you. This is amazing. And, you know, we were talking like that for a couple of weeks. I was watching as she was instilling all of her new skills of how to communicate, et cetera. And then she like calls me up and she's like, Kayla, I feel like so unfulfilled in relationships with people. Like, you know, I'm talking to my friends and like, they just don't know how to talk this deep. 
And I'm like, yeah, this is the the downside of authentic relating is like most people don't know how to do this. Most people are terrified to do this. Most people just don't have the guts to ever go this deep or be this introspective. And that brings us to why they should want to. Why they should want to. Yeah. Why should people want to do this work, Keith? Why should people want to learn a new language of how to communicate with other people? Yeah, like as you're talking, I was just thinking about because it 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 basically fosters connection. So if we're speaking in present moment, revealed what's here right now with you and me, we've done some of this, we've modeled some of this in some of our previous podcasts. Um, we we basically get to feel and touch like what's in the room right now and versus like what's actually real what's actually real and alive in this moment versus two people sharing stories like kind of over each other's shoulders so to speak right you know, just kind of going past each other and you know i think it's a symptom of a very sick society where we were, we're so isolated and and kind of separate and living in our own bubbles and and so i come and i'm like oh here's the keith package and oh do you know keith does this and he does that and yesterday he did this and tomorrow he's going to do that and then you share your side of that, but we kind of don't actually meet each other when we do that versus me coming in and just saying like, oh, wow. Like as soon as you came in my room, I felt X, Y, and Z. And you're like hearing that, like, oh, and then suddenly we're in this, there's this like almost touchable medium between us. It's like the air thing. My Zen teacher would say is like, when you're really connected with others, you can think of the air as, as something that t- tends to kind of separate us. It kind of turns into water. And so mm-hmm. it's like more viscous and you can sort of like, you know, like if I move the water between us, you would feel it. Um, and I mean, excuse me, honestly, for me, it's like a drug. Like the more like you get some of that and you're like, yeah, more please. Right. And, and, and why do you think it's like a drug? Yeah. Like, why do you think it has that effect on us? It's like, I often think of like, for people who don't know, yeah. like once you start to authentically yeah. relate, when you yeah. get to have that level of connection with other people, yeah. it gets you high. You feel yeah. so blissed out after just talking to a stranger in an authentic way. Yeah, I think it I think it has a lot to do with just I think of like our ancestors or something who, you know, maybe can only have access to like sugar or honey or something like that, like once a year. And and um and you know, you taste the sweetness of it. Um and uh, in these these courses I've I've led over the years, it's exactly as you say, like a to meet someone brand new, maybe not even know their name, um, and have a sense for who they are and what they stand for in the world, and feel that they're also actually taking you in. Um, is it's it's just it's beautiful and enriching, and it takes it takes some courage to get past the like standard ways that we've been taught to communicate and protect ourselves and um avoid intimacy and you know live live through amazon and facebook and um behind some kind of screen um yeah yeah. i I wrote a post recently that i i pulled up because i wanted to reference it a little bit but one of my you know like one of the things about authentic relating you know they've tried many times to bring authentic relating into the business world and like it's not always the most effective to bring authentic relating into communities that are based on strategy that are based on being strategic in your communication and what you communicate and when to get the outcome that you want and like no sharing your authentic truth isn't always going to promise that your relationship or marriage is going to last 
it's not always going to get you the job, the promotion or the investor. It's not a scalable strategic model. That's a, like accountable and reliable to get you from a point A to a point B, you know, like it is, you are going from known to unknown. That is the only thing authentic relating is going to get you. And in the practice of it though, like you get to reveal your internal world to both yourself and another, no matter how fucked up, disturbing, dark it is and invite someone else to sit with you in that. And like, if that's not connection and intimacy, I don't know what it is. And one of our, one of our close friends who's been a, you know, longtime tea grouper, I asked her, I would, you know, I'm always curious what veterans will say, like, what's the point of authentic relating? And she said that she doesn't personally believe a human will ever truly be at peace until they're finally honest with themselves about who they really are. Mm. And I was like, damn, mic drop. And that's really what authentic relating is, is like, you are an explorer, you know, you're Christopher Columbus. I don't know if that's a appropriate reference anymore, (laughs) but he was an explorer. (laughs) Um, He was also a rapist and, you know, a conqueror and stuff, but there's an aspect of like, you are an entire universe inside you and you can explore externally, but you can also explore internally. You can go within and you constantly discover new parts of yourself. And there's a shit ton of guidance and wisdom when you are willing to go within and then share that and reveal that in the presence of someone else. That's the point of authentic relating to me. Yeah. And I want to add one piece to that, which connects to the we're currently offering this dojo practice on Sunday afternoons is an hour practice where people can come in, be put into different scenarios um, and then witnessed by a, a large group of people. And for me, some of my most life-changing experiences have been in containers where I get multiple reflections of how I'm showing up. From different people. From different people. You because it's just one person. Exactly. We can, for, when you're by yourself, you can hide from yourself really easily. One-on-one, I can also like, kind of create blame, a, blame you or like create a kind of mass that I enroll you in also also what I'm selling like you sure, I'm like yeah, yeah. Hey, here's what I'm selling you're like yeah great you're selling that but in a group field often that's that's a little harder to maintain um and so I think like your mask or what you're fronting your what what yeah, exactly and so especially if you come in with a little bit of a little bit of humbleness um I think that is why authentic relating group spaces can be confronting people in the beginning because it's like no i'm this i'm selling this this is a story i've been telling the outside world for years i'm not like that and then suddenly you're in a room and like six people are being like no actually this is how I, you're impacting me this is how you're showing up either you leave and never come back because it's too confronting for you or you say wow maybe my own story of myself is a little distorted yeah right and there's an opportunity to get closer to the truth as as you're saying in that quote yeah, and like you were sharing a little bit about being one-on-one, like it's easier to manipulate someone's perception of you. Yes. As well as when you're one-on-one, if someone shares feedback to you about how you're showing up, it is so easy to fool yourself and say, oh, that's just their own shit. They're projecting. Yes. When you're in a room of 20 people and 10 of those people share that they feel like you're showing up in a way that's incredibly guarded, dismissive, and potentially narcissistic, maybe there's something to look at. Maybe there's something there for you. And like, there is something about the frequency of feedback that you're getting about yourself and how you're showing up. But like most people, part of why we are running Polarity Jojo is most people are under the illusion that they are a victim to life and that life is not on their side. And it's really hard for them to have the life they want. And boo hoo, woe is me. I don't know why I don't get the things other people get. 
And typically what we want and the life we have are different because we're not energetically actually in alignment with what we what we claim to want based on how we're showing up. Mm-hmm. Like the question is, is the way you're showing up actually the thing that would attract this life you claim to want? I was talking to one of my good friends recently. He said, yeah, I was at this leadership conference and this woman gave me spicy feedback because I was describing that I'm really ready for a relationship. And I described the woman I want. She came up to me and said, can I give you some feedback? And he said, sure, I'd love to hear it. She said, it's spicy. He said, great. She said, the woman you described would not be attracted Mm -hmm. to the man you are. Yeah. And that's just some feedback for you. Take it or leave it. And with that feedback, like I've heard that a million fucking times. I've had that said to me about like, oh shit, maybe there's something for me to look at. Is the man I'm I'm claiming to want or want to attract into my life. Like, am I an energetic match for him? Because if not, I can keep complaining like, oh, everyone's happy and in relationship except me. I got the shit under the stick. No, I'm not doing the fucking work to show up differently and actually attract what I want and change myself. You know, so many of us are are attached to like, this is how I am. (laughs) Right. Well, (laughs) no, no, you don't get it. This is how I am. This is how I am. Well, this is the not, and this is like just the again the, the victim non-owned position that people come forth, which into the world from, which is generally saying like, I want everything else. Like, well, I want the people to shift around me or find the right person that this to meet meet my this is who I am. Um, and so again, that ownership, even in we're talking about in terms of language, you can say things differently and use more I statements. There's also just like an energetic feeling to it of being being deeply responsible and. One thing I want just want to add in this 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 topic and the authentic relating stuff that I used to teach it was we had this concept called the hologram which is is like how you show up one place is how you show up all places and so that example you gave of like you go into a group and people are like you know actually you're kind of you say you're very revealed and vulnerable but actually this is how I see, I see you very guarded and withheld and you hear that from a lot of people the beauty of the hologram is that the other the opposite statement is true you change it in one place you can change it everywhere mm. a hologram being like one of these little two-dimensional things on your credit card that you shine light through it and it makes a 3d image if you break the hologram into pieces you still get the same 3d image and so it's a it's like it's i would say there's there's optimism in it right it's like oh i can i don't even though i'm hearing this from 10 people i can go back to the source learn how to be more revealed mm. and open and transparent and then that will project out into all areas of my life yeah, because I think people get overwhelmed. People's like, I'm a piece of shit story can kind of just like consume them. And they don't ever even try. Especially when a partner gives them feedback yeah. about how they're showing up. I want you to change this. Honey, I want you to do this. Da, da, da. They get so overwhelmed that they don't even want to try. And they don't realize that the reason your partner's going to leave you isn't because the thing they ask you to change. It's because of your unwillingness to try to show up differently. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it cracks me up when I like invite people to workshops or something that we're running or training or something. And they're like, mm, yeah, I don't do things like that. Or I don't go to things like that. I'm like, cool. The person you want to be, would they? Yeah. Like, does the person you actually wish you were, would they go to this kind of workshop? Yeah. And mm-hmm. typically the answer is yes. Even though it scares the shit out of who you think you are right now. Are you willing to do something different? You know? Yeah. Right. Speaking of speaking of workshops, we've got a couple coming up. Yeah. Yeah. We have Intimacy on Friday here in Boulder, Colorado. Mm-hmm. It's currently sold out. Sawi. Yep. Mr. Chance. Then we have Psychedelic Tantra on Saturday night from six to ten. And you can learn more about it on our website, theopeninstitute.com. 
you can click upcoming events. It'll take you to Eventbrite page where it hosts all of our events going on. We have a discount code for that for the next 24 hours and it's singles 20. And you can only use it if you're single. It doesn't apply to the couple's tickets that we. Also, we're running a Polarity Dojo yeah. on Sunday, this Sunday again. This is a human laboratory slash playground for you to come and role play scenarios going on in your life that you want to basically try something different. You want to actually have an experience in your nervous system and in your body of what it would be like to have this scenario play out in a way you could never think it could. Like, for example, going your way. Right. Uh, it, it's, it's such a great container. Last week we had uh, a couple in there and uh, the guy was trying to ask his partner to go on like a weekend vacation with him, and which she had a lot of resistance to. And so he got to try two, three times, get feedback from the rest of the people, men and women, like, what do you feel in your body when he speaks like this? And when instead basically... of instead of his girlfriend being like, ooh, cringe, I don't like how you're asking me. And he's like, yeah. you need to be more receptive. Yeah. He had five women yeah. all saying, this is this yeah. does not feel good. Yeah. Your energy, how you're being, it feels like a little boy is begging mommy to let him have a candy. And so when you're getting that reflection, the more reflections you're getting, like he said, it's going to get harder and harder and not look at yourself and be willing to change it, you know? And I think his partner probably felt super seen as well. Yeah. Of like, damn, all these women are like agreeing with a thing that I know in my body and don't always know how to voice. Yeah. Which is like, fuck, yeah. I'd love to go on vacation with you. And I want you to ask me differently. Yeah. I don't want you to beg for me like, like, please, honey, bunny, go with me. Like, you know? Yeah. Hey, baby. Oh, we had one of our assistants actually practice. And he was like, honey, grab your suitcase, pack it. Don't forget your bikini wheels up at eight. <laughs> and all the women were like, ah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was beautiful. All right. So you got to see that. Um, so anyway, if you, if you, if you, if you'd like to play with us, that's Sundays, uh, four, four to five. five mountain time. And uh, we are also currently brainstorming a potential weekend workshop in December. If you have ideas, interests, let us know. It'll definitely revolve around authentic relating, sexuality, intimacy, polarity, potentially psychedelics, tantra. We have lots of areas that that light us up to to teach, and we're currently in the process of of crafting a really unique uh, offering for you all. Amazing. Yeah, that's that. That's the group. <laughs> I love it. We can just talk and hang out. Hang out, and people are interested in listening. So yeah, of course. Thanks for listening. We're not good to say. We'll Thanks, guys, soon. for being here. Bye.